I just want to look at a couple of scriptures here which actually talk exactly about COVID-19. In fact, it's mentioned in the scriptures. And here we go, Proverbs 3.25. It says, Be not afraid of sudden fear. This world we know in Luke 21, Matthew 24, it talks about the signs of the times. In other words, what the state of the world is going to be in before Jesus Christ himself returns. And it talks about men's hearts failing them for fear because of the things they see that's happening on the earth. It talks about a lot of confusion, a time where people don't know what love is in, in 2 Timothy. It talks about a time where disciplines, it, it's this murky thing, no one knows how to handle it or, or, or use it anymore in an effective way. It talks about pestilences, it talks about plagues and viruses being spread about the earth and people just not knowing what to do. And the advice to us is, in verse 25 there, be not afraid of sudden fear. The things that come upon us that we don't understand, and this can apply to situations in our own life. When they come upon us quickly, and they do, we shouldn't be afraid because we have the Lord. And it goes on and says, neither of desolation of the wicked, or even if we see the things and the people of this world coming to a demise of some description or them not getting a, uh, or profiting out of their lives when it comes that we shouldn't be afraid. Now, uh, the, the Bible tends to give us an indication that there might be a little, it might get a little bit worse before it gets any better. Um, and uh, the, uh, the uh, I guess the encouragement to the saints is no need to be afraid. That's why we're saved. That's why, we, that's why we fellowship. That's why the Holy Spirit is in us now because we don't belong to the world anymore. We belong to Christ. Romans 8, 9 tells us that without the Spirit of Christ, we do not belong to him. We get crit criticized for that quite a bit. People say, oh, you talk about the Holy Spirit too much. Jesus only spoke about the Holy Spirit. He encouraged people to seek for it and seek for it diligently that they might be separated from this life and then be in a position of no fear. When you have the Holy Spirit in you, it makes the world of difference. Uh, it goes on and says, For the Lord shall be thy confidence. Our confidence is not in our government and in our ability to self-quarantine or the, the hope that someone's going to come up with a vaccine. Our hope and confidence is that we serve the Lord. So regardless of what happens in this world, we trust him, we devote our lives to him, and uh, we know that he will take care of us because it says here, and he shall keep thy foot from being taken. We will not stumble. We will not fall as we keep our eyes on the Lord. And this is in the midst of a book called Proverbs, a book full of wisdom, a book that encourages us to do the things that it says, and we will continue to be in confidence because God has a way. He has a defined way. He hasn't left us to find our own way in the world. He has a defined path that he has said it's narrow, but it's defined, and you'll have fine peace in that, and that's where our confidence lies, and praise the Lord for that. Second Chronicles, let's just quickly go there. Doobie doobie doo. Had a great time. Lots of people said to say hi, particularly Meg, for those uh, who are here in the early days of uh, um, when, we, well, when we first arrived. We arrived with Sister Meg. She's, she's here. She's really rejoicing. She's had uh, quite a testimony. Um, for those that aren't aware, she was married, and then her husband passed away. And uh, she's had to deal with a whole lot of things in her life 
But boy, oh boy, was she rejoicing. She was in a really good place, and she wanted to be remembered to you all. Um, so she was, she was one. Pastor Laurie and Mary, of course, Pastor Paul Noble. Um, the list goes on. Welly Felly has a good uh, reputation overseas, let me tell you, and uh, a lot of people have said to say hi. Uh, Pastor Aquila, he also sends his regards, and uh, praise the Lord. And a few other of the brothers from Fiji, whose names I can't remember. <laughs> Sorry, boys. <laughs> I played touch with one of them. Mate, I should remember his name. Gave me a good ball. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7. It says here in verse 13, um, this is a time where the temple, Solomon's temple, was being dedicated. And it says in verse 1, it says, um, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest couldn't go in anymore because the glory of the Lord was there. So it was talking about this place, the temple place that was holy to the Lord. And it goes on in verse 13. You can read the rest for homework. Um, The Lord says here to Solomon, he said, I've heard your prayer in verse 12 and have chosen this place for myself for a house of sacrifice. And he goes on and says, if I shut up heaven and there be no rain. Now, if you don't know, the government's actually declared the North Island to be in a drought. There you go. Someone told me the other day that Wellington has something like a number of days left of water, and if it doesn't rain, we might all not have any water left. I was like, okay, that's interesting. Um, So it says here, if I shut up the heaven, there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among the people, starting to sound like our newspaper, isn't it? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. It's talking now, if we bring this into the New Testament church, it's talking about the spirit-filled church. It's not talking about people that said, I believe in God and he's my God. That's a different type of people. This is people who have been sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Been born again, John 3, 5. Born of the water and of the Spirit and entered into the kingdom of God. That's what it's talking about. Those people, God will take care of them. He'll look after them. He will bless them. He will listen to their prayers and he will answer because he is the God of those people. And it is a time, as it says here, where it's a time for revival. It's a time where people heed heed this message and they turn to the Lord in the fullness of his way and are born again, humbling themselves and praying and seeking his face and turning from repenting, returning from their wicked ways, he will be their God and he will care for them. This is a time for us uh, not to be uh, full of fear or, or afraid because now it's time to get busy. Now is the time for revival. Now is the time when the word of God is very clear at what it does in people's lives because there's a big difference. When it's comfortable and everyone's got two houses, four cars, a three big screens and 17 other screens in their homes, people can be a bit comfy and go, yeah, I can live life. I don't need God. But when it happens, when life happens, all of a sudden people go, I want to know. So that's for us us to share our testimonies and and to preach the full gospel to people so that they can be... uh, uh, have God as their confidence and their temples, their bodies can be filled with the glory of the Holy Spirit. It's uh, uh, very, very important. So uh, a, a couple of little scriptures around around that. I want to talk a little bit about the main thoughts from camp, the camp that we went to. Uh, it's a leadership group, so there was many pastors and leaders from around our work around the world. 
um, from Europe, um, from Australasia, Pacific, um, Africa. Um, uh, the, I don't know if there's any other continents. Uh, there, was, there was no saints there from Asia for obvious reasons, although we had them on Skype. And uh, that was quite entertaining how they referred to what was happening in their country, but really interesting. Um, so we had the people there, and there were some really good, really good uh, themes that came out. I'm going to share two of them today. Um, the uh, talks are now online on React, so go for gold, get into it. Um, really, really good stuff. Uh, the, the theme of camp was your fellowship. And it was really about us taking ownership of what this is. Is I guess, and maybe in my terms, about putting our money where our mouth is. About saying, I belong here. I know why I'm here. I know what God is doing in my life. I love the doctrine. And I'm going to contend for it in the faith. And uh, I'm going to continue to preach the gospel in the, in, the, in the sight of many challenges, which we heard from around the world. And we're going to rejoice no matter what. Just really, really good themes and a couple I just wanted to touch on, um, which really resonated with myself, is uh, from Brother Jacob Riggs, who gave a talk there called The Power of Forgiveness. I'm going to touch on a little testimony with him. And also uh, for one of our newest pastors, Pastor Russell Johansson in the Sunshine Coast. I think he'd been a pastor about four weeks, had the L plates on. It was, it was quite good. He gave a really good talk about am I willing? So I'll just raise a couple of points about that. Um, of course, all these things um, require courage. It's a hard thing to forgive someone. It takes courage, it takes conviction, it takes humility to do that. Um, and Brother Jacob Riggs shared a number of testimonies with us, uh, notwithstanding uh, uh, Matthew six twelve, where Jesus Christ says, "And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors." And it was almost this thought that actually forgiveness is receiving forgiveness is actually conditional. It's actually, if we aren't able to forgive, then it's hard for us to receive that because God sees our heart and he knows uh, um, where that's at. And so it calls for God's saints to be in a position where they can forgive and forbear. And uh, um, he gave a wonderful illustration of this. And, and I took a couple of notes. And one of the notes I took around this was, when we don't forgive, it leaves a stain. And it renders, it renders us... Um, out of service. God can't use us if we're not humble. As we read before, he says, if my people turn from their words and humble themselves and seek my face. It's hard to do that when you've got vengeance on your mind. It's hard to do that when you're trying to seek right. You're a right fighter. It's got to be right. And you've, it's hard to do that. And you render yourself out of service. And there's a wonderful freedom and a power and forgiveness that we can receive it from the Lord and also we can live a life that's not hindered. And so uh, it was wonderful testimony. And here was the, I'm going to share a testimony with you now that Jacob shared with us. Sister Corrine, some might know her. She fellowships in Central Coast, um, but she came along uh, in uh, Wollongong. Um, wonderful sister, really funny lady. I met her a little while ago. She was really funny. But um, Jacob gave the testimony. She came to the Lord a number of years ago um, as a result of having a brain hemorrhage. She had a brain hemorrhage and she was rendered incapacitated so she couldn't do a number of things. Uh, she couldn't care for a, for a child and do, do different things. And one day she cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, I want to have a quality of life. Um, at that time, uh, an employee of her husband, and her husband was a very well-known businessman in, in the city of Wollongong. 
He was very well known, very successful. And one of his employees spoke to our sister and said how she could have her life changed by the power of God and how she could be healed. So she attended a meeting in in our Wollongong Fellowship and was baptised by full immersion, um, received God's Holy Spirit, spoke in tongues, and a short time later was completely healed. This was a huge testimony in her family, but as time went on, her husband and uh, some of her family and friends persecuted her severely, heavily, really, really bad. But she decided that God had called her to be a good wife and an even better sister in the Lord. So she, um, she, uh, she worked with those that persecuted her for, for a length of time. And then about 10 years ago, she found out that her husband had another wife and another family in the Philippines. And as you can imagine, she was devastated. She was a broken woman to find out that your husband uh, of, of a long time had been living a double life um, crushed her, as it would. So uh, it was not reconcilable, and they got divorced. Um, she came to a point where she just uh, prayed and forgave her husband and the other woman. And uh, I guess the great thing about forgiveness is it's, People say it all the time, but it's not a word. It's not a noun. It actually always is accompanied with an action. Jesus didn't say, I forgive your sins, and then walk down the shop and buy some ice cream. He gave his life. There was an action. So she knew this, and she said, yeah, I can say I forgive these guys, but I have to do something. So she actively sought out this woman in the Philippines and over a period of months, Skyped her and told her about the gospel, told her about the experience of being born again and labored it. It wasn't a one-time Skype session. It was over a period of time she did this. And you can guess what happened. This woman uh, went to the fellowship, fellowship there in, in Manila, was baptized and spirit-filled. You start to think about, in the context of the story, what a fantastic story. This is a sister in our fellowship um, that some of us know personally. It's not a made-up story. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so her ex-husband never came, but this woman came and three people in her family saw how she had extended this hand to her and came to the Lord in Philippines. Just a wonderful story. But it doesn't stop there. It keeps going. And then uh, about seven years ago in Wollongong, they're having an outreach. And our sister was there, and a brother was over over there, and she saw him out of the corner of her eye, and it was her husband being witnessed to. And she made the statement at that time to some people in the fellowship. Wollongong was quite a small fellowship, smaller than ours. They were quite tiny. She made a comment. She said, "Um, uh, if I can see my ex-husband saved, then everything I went through would be worth it. Wow, that's powerful, isn't it? That's really powerful. So uh, she was looking for opportunity and rejoicing that her her ex-husband, who did her wrong, probably in one of the most despicable ways, all she wanted to see was him saved. Unfortunately, at that time, he he didn't go anywhere with it. But then let's skip to five years ago. Her husband rings her, or her ex-husband rings her and says, I've just been diagnosed with cancer and I've only got weeks to live. 
So she was, by this stage, had moved away from Wollongong and moved back down there to be with him. She went to the hospital every night. Uh, brothers and sisters went and um, talked with this man. And finally, um, uh, the doctors came in and said to him, look, you've only got a really short time to live. If you're going to do anything you, you, that you want to do, do it now. He was in hospital. So he called for Pastor Tim. Pastor Tim charged in there with his portable baptism tank. <laughs> Filled it up with water, and he was baptized and spirit-filled that night with his with his ex-wife there with with him. Um, everyone left, and she was left there on the bedside with her ex-husband. And she said to him, "Do you want me to stay, or do you want me to go?" And he said, "Look, I'd actually like you to go. I just want to pray to the Lord." She left. The next day, he passed away. Um, just. An, an amazing story of the Holy Ghost working in someone's life. But that's not where it ended. <laughs> You're thinking, how's this going on? Oh, Pass the tissues out. It's all happening. And then uh, this, this man had asked Pastor Tim to officiate his funeral. Now, he was a very successful businessman, known very well amongst the community, and also known as, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that, and was also known as being quite the slippery, dodgy businessman. So people knew who he was and how he got where he was going. Um, and so they knew his reputation. But it was standing room only at his funeral. Everyone knew him um, in his community. as Croatian, and his Croatian community is held in high regard. People everywhere. Pastor Tim gets up and starts talking about this man and how he's been baptized and turned his way to the Lord. And uh, Brother Jacob commented that people were standing there going, have we come to the right funeral? Like, is this the right guy? And as a result of that, the gospel went out amongst that community. Um, and just a, a wonderful end to a really sad story. Um, and so out of this story, I guess, it shows us that it's only the Holy Spirit that enables us to be able to truly forgive. And not just forgive in word, but forgive in action. And uh, this is a wonderful illustration of that. Um, fortunately or, or unfortunately, that's not the only story that we have like that or testimony in our fellowship, I know of at least two others, very similar. But just a wonderful encouragement that it's what we do, not what we say. And the Holy Spirit is causes us to be people of action, not people of words. It's easy to sing a song about God. It's easy to say, I believe in Jesus, but will you stand for him? Will you love his word enough to do it in your own life? When you're challenged, and we've all been there, because at some stage someone has presented the gospel to us, and we might have been churchy. My family was super churchy. You know, you, you might have just been in the world doing what everyone else did. But when someone presents you and says, if you want to be in the kingdom of God, you need to be born into it. You need to be baptized. You need to humble yourself and get under the water and expect a new life when you come out of the water. You need to die to your old way of life. You need to, you need to press in for the Holy Spirit. And when you receive it, you, f you receive this language of the kingdom, one that you can speak directly to God with. You know, we've all, we all heard that at a point in our life, no matter who we were, no matter if we were an eight-year-old child, in a house with believing parents. It doesn't matter. We have to turn those words into actions and we have to do it. 
You know, the scripture tells us in Mark 16, it says, believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's a nice thing to talk about healing. Oh, it's beautiful. Warms the heart. But Jesus said, go and lay your hands on people so that they'd be healed. He's saying, go and do it. Don't just talk about it. Charge on out there. A sister today in confidence said, this man, Gavin Hill, I said that we would pray for him and our God would answer him. That's what we want. We want action, don't we? We're people of action, not people of words. And so we need to continue to be courageous, even with something as tricky as forgiveness, because it can be a banana skin. But the Lord has given us such a wonderful power through the Holy Ghost, and he's given us his word, which makes it actually quite easy when we, when we, uh, when we follow it and adhere to it. So praise the Lord. Next thing, Pastor Russell got up and he, um, he gave a talk about, am I willing to commit? And uh, just recently, it was funny because he quoted Mark chapter 6 about the loaves and the fishes. And I think just recently we'd, we've had a talk here. I gave a talk about that a few weeks ago about how the Lord takes what we've got, even though we don't think it's a lot. Two, two uh, fishes and five loaves, that's all they had. Some kid's lunch. That's all they had to feed 5,000. But God takes that, he blesses that, and he causes there to be a wonderful miracle. And that's our experience, isn't it? He's given us two scriptures sometimes to rub together. And then we go out and we tell someone and we see something happen in their life because we've taken the word and had confidence that God's going to do something with that. And so um, he he used that story to say, well, are we willing to commit what we have? We might not think we have much. And to be honest, none of us really do. The Bible says, not many mighty, not many noble, not many rich are called. There's not many of us around like that. Because he wants people that are going to just do on the basis that he said they could, not because they thought they could. And so when the Lord gives us an opportunity to serve, our brother encouraged us. He said, don't question it. Because we read about that. You're in good company if you have, because most of us have. You think about Moses. Moses was like, not me. I can't well speak. You know, I can't, I can't rub a speech together. So don't choose me. Jeremiah said, not me, Lord. I'm running. You're in good company. Elijah said, just take me now, Lord. I can't do this anymore. And then the Lord came to him in a still small voice and said, What are you doing, Elijah? (laughs) He had to say that three times to him. And then after that, he said, I've got a job for you to go and do. Go and anoint this man and take this other guy out and do all this other stuff. But he had a job for him. So what the Lord really wants us to understand is in our courage in the Lord is actually recognizing when the the Lord is calling us to serve him that we don't doubt who's calling us. You know, this was a leadership camp, so there was a lot of there was a lot of pastors there and a lot of people who had been leading groups of people within our fellowship. And there's not many of them are sitting there going, "Mate, I've got this nailed." Oh, when I was asked, "Oh, mate, I ran a mile." Pastor um, Russell said the same things. He said, "Pastor Bill Allen, come and talk to him," and then he said, "Nah, I'm not doing it." I could relate to that. He said, "Not me." And then six weeks later, after his wife said, "Who do you think you are? Who's asking you? Is it Pastor Bill?" Or do you believe it's the anointing of the Lord? Put your money where your mouth is, you slob. Don't quote me. That's probably not what she said. I'm pretty sure that's... No. Um, But it's that sentiment, isn't it? 
We need to understand if the Lord has put someone in our path, whether that is someone with a healing need, someone who needs to know the gospel, a a person in our fellowship who's struggling, who's strayed from what the word's telling them to do, that we see that as our point of service. And we be courageous. And we go in there with the truth and the word of God and with the Holy Spirit. And we don't doubt that the Lord's revealed that to us. Maybe just as a little side point, there's, there's nothing kind of... Sometimes, um, as a pastor, when people come to me, sometimes I say, I saw this person, and da-da-da-da-da, and now you have to go and talk to them. And I, I'm like, you've missed such a wonderful opportunity. You don't need me to talk to them. The Lord was calling you to serve in that moment. Get into it. Be confident. Be courageous. Do some things that you never thought you could. Oh, I couldn't do that. Never do that. I'm never going to be able to do that. Just do it. Realize that the Lord is working on you and with you. It's, we're talking, lately I was talking with someone recently about the spiritual gifts. And at times, um, we all feel it. All those that are spirit-filled, all of a sudden you feel the welling up. And then you, then you get a choice. Do I step out in faith? Is that the Lord telling me to do that or is that me telling me to do that? And it's the same thing in our, in our life. The Bible tells us that... Uh, uh, the grace of God will teach us to deny ungodliness. Now, that was a great scripture for me when I was, when I was brought up because it made me recognize in those moments where my spirit started to say, Sash, that's not the right way to go. I had to believe that that was the Lord telling me that and then act upon it, not go, nah, she'll be right because you end up in trouble. Well, I did. You might be smarter than me. Might back out a bit earlier. But yet we have to know when the Lord is talking to us. We need to know when the scriptures, you know, how awesome is, is, is the truth. You come to a meeting and, and you've had something on your mind and you're like, I just need an answer. And then it comes in the form of the talk or the gifts or a testimony. And you think, mm, that wasn't quite what I was after. So maybe I'll go back to the drawing board. <laughs> It's actually knowing that that's come from the Lord and that you're courageous enough to say, I know this is going to be hard for me. I know this is going to be tough, but I have to do it because the Lord has told me. The Lord's revealed that to me. And the Lord will lead you to places and to do things in the, in the Lord that you could only imagine. You could dream about the things that you can be involved in. And it's not about setting up chairs or bringing peaches or doing, that's all just, ah, It's about real stuff. Being involved when someone's life changes. When you love that, you'll have no problem setting up the projector. If you love to see a soul saved, you will never ever have trouble putting a leaflet in a letterbox. I don't say that to condemn or whatever. I say that to encourage. Be courageous in what the Lord's called us to do. He sat you next to someone at work or somewhere, because they need to hear the gospel. Now, the, you can either say, ah, no, or you can say, yes, I believe that the Lord has anointed me to do that. Roll up the sleeves, get into it, and what's the worst thing that could happen? They could come to the Lord, get baptized in spirit-filled, and sit next to you, praising the Lord with you, and so on and so on. So Pastor Russell's encouragement to us was, are we ready to commit? Do we recognize when the Lord's calling us to do something? And are we willing to commit? And if we do, you'll abound in the Lord. It'll be awesome. If you're not spirit-filled yet, 
Be courageous. We're going to have a prayer line because we're not quite at that state that Australia's in yet. And you can come up today and receive the Holy Spirit in the prayer line. I receive the Holy Spirit in the prayer line. Anyone else? Anyone else receive in the prayer line? Okay, so it's a little bit effective. It's okay. <laughs> but it happens. You can come up and receive the Holy Spirit here. How many people receive the Holy Spirit when they were baptized? Anyone? One? Anyone else? Oh, okay. That's cool. It happens. If you're not baptized, baptism, way to go. Jesus did it. What do you got to lose? Nothing. Everything to gain. You know, who's got a healing need? Don't put your hand up. Who's got a concern on their heart? Be courageous. Take it to the Lord in prayer and he will deal with it and he'll use that in a way in you and outside of you. It's always bigger than us, isn't it? God is always trying to do something so much bigger than just you and me. Sometimes we think it's all about us. We all do that from time to time. But the Lord is always trying to show us that he's trying to do something bigger. Let's be involved in the bigger, praise the Lord. Okay, I'm going to finish up now. Um, oh, wow, I've ran out of time. But um, let's go to Second Chronicles. We're, we're almost there. Second Chronicles 32. Um, in verse 7 and 8. Uh, this is a story here of King Hezekiah. Many of us will know his situation, but... An army of Assyrians came up against him and all sorts of things happened in his own life and in the lives of the people there. It's a wonderful story. I'll leave that for you to to, to put your teeth into. It's fantastic. Um, but in verse 7 and 8, um, uh, where are we? Hezekiah was was trying to encourage his people here, and the Lord had encouraged him. And this is what he said in verse 7. He said, Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him, for there be more with us than with him. What a great thought, isn't it? While you're walking around, dealing with the things that you're dealing with in your life, there's more with you than there is with what's coming against you. What a wonderful thought. And he goes on and says, with him or with Assyria is the arm of flesh. Yeah, they might look strong, but that's all they've got. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. You know, that's what the Lord, I believe, is is uh, is trying to tell us, encourage us today. It's to be courageous in knowing that he's with us, that we can rest in that. We cannot be afraid. We can be confident that the Lord's going to care for us and look after us, that we know that the Lord and all that he represents is with us through the Holy Ghost. Oh, what a wonderful thought. You know, what a wonderful thought here. Let's finish. I'll finish now in John 14. We know that's not, uh, an on, uh, you could give a whole talk just on those words. Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. It's recounted and recounted and recounted through the Old Testament. And uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful thought for us as well to continue. Uh, John 14, I said, isn't it? John 14. While we're here, we'll just, we'll just tackle a couple of little things here. It says... Um, Oh, yeah, let's go um, in verse 12. It says, Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes on me, 
The works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. He said, I'm going to go to my Father now, and he goes on to tell us, and then I'll send you the Holy Spirit, and you're going to do things that I didn't even do. Jesus Christ never prayed with anyone to receive the Holy Spirit and saw their lives change through the born-again experience. He never, he never saw that. He was never there. Technically he was, but he didn't do that. That's for us. That's the greatest thing we can be called to. And it goes on and says, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. He's going to do it. And uh, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. This is the confidence that we now have in the Lord. And then Jesus goes on to say, if you love me, you'll do something about it. You'll keep my commandments. You won't just say you love me, you'll do it. And he goes, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. So it's talking about the Holy Spirit. goes on. Um, let's, let's finish now. Um, uh, we're all, uh, 20, 25. It says this. Jesus says, These things I have spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus Christ in his, his last periods here with the disciples, and what's been immortalized here in word for us, is that Jesus Christ in our lives now is the king of our life. And the Holy Spirit is the proof of that. And now that we have that, we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be troubled because we know what power lies within us. We know what the Lord is capable of doing in our life. He's able to cause us to forgive. He's able to cause us to commit and be willing soldiers and servants for him. He's able to give us a hungering and a thirsting for his truth, an ability to do things that are beyond our own physical capabilities in the Lord. This is a great life we've been called to, to, and this is our fellowship. This is what we're about. This is our doctrine and our teaching. And uh, um, we're in really good hands. Um, I just want to finish by saying, uh, being over there and amongst and with the other pastors uh, and, our, and our senior oversight, our senior oversight believe in you. They trust you. They trust us. They support us and they want us to go out there and continue to be good servants for the Lord. They send their regards and their love. And they didn't say Kia Kaha, but I just did. Be strong, be courageous, and let's do wonderful things for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen.